Hey, 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 you guys. Thank you all so much for being back on Black Canvas Season 10. We have an amazing special guest here on the show, Mr. Michael Mott. He is an internationally critically acclaimed award-winning composer, lyricist, songwriter, and vocal producer with over 13 million streams to his name. It's been heralded as one of Playbill's contemporary musical theater songwriters you should know and has won the Broadway World 2020 Cabaret Award for Best Original Song for Jingle My Bells, which he wrote for the Boy Band Project. He has original musicals under his belt, which you guys, if you haven't checked out his work, you will really enjoy when you have the opportunity. He's best known for his recording studio work. He's done discographies, including Where the Sky Ends, which has surpassed over 4.8 million streams on Spotify alone. He has had the great fortune of working with some of the best singers in the business, both in a recording studio and on stage, and his touring show, Michael Mott and Friends. And I am so excited to have Mr. Michael here on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You read that pretty much my whole bio. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, I'm just so excited to have you here because I think you're doing so many amazing things. And it's not just with music, but I just love what you stand for. And I want to have people like you on the show who can kind of share their experiences. And hopefully we can learn a lot more about you that we didn't know. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored to chat with you and to share more about my experience. I appreciate you so much. Now, I created some fun questions with some titles that I think you might know. So if you're ready, <laughs> we're going to jump right in. Okay. All right. So the first one I have for you is Cry For You. Do you mind sharing with me the last time you cried and how important do you feel it is to draw from emotions when you're recording new music? So are you... Are you taking all of my song titles and asking questions? I think so. <laughs> oh, okay. That's that's actually really smart. I love that idea. Cry For You. Okay, yes, Cry For You is from my EP, The Only One, uh, sung by the amazing Blaine Krause, who, if you don't know him, go check him out. He was the one of the leads in Hamilton. Um, when is the last time I cried? Honestly, I think it's really important to express your emotions and to feel your feelings. And I grew up in the Italian culture and a lot of it is like, be a man and don't show your feelings and don't really like suppress any kind of fears and tears. And I did that for a very long time. And then going to theater school and being an artist and being, I'm very sensitive. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's extremely important to allow yourself to feel your feelings. And so I last cried um, probably uh, maybe this summer. I, I've been like, you know, this business is so hard and it's I, I'm so grateful to do what I do and I love it. But there are so many ups and downs and the lows are low. And after like devastating no after no after no, I feel like I've cried this summer. And uh, I couldn't tell you exactly when, but I know that there was definitely tears shed. Um, and to answer your question about like how important it is to draw on emotions, I think it's when recording music, that's what you asked. I think it's extremely important to do it while recording, while writing. I think that if you connect to that feeling and whatever authentic, uh, whatever authenticity comes out of you is the key here. So the whole point of what we're doing is to move people and help people heal and inspire people. And that is our job as singers, as writers, as producers, as recording artists. So it's paramount. 
I love that you said that because in my career, I work full time as a counselor. And so I have to be so careful um, of being able to understand the emotion that someone is, you know, being able to share with me in that moment, but also making sure that I'm not taking any emotions that I felt from a previous session or in session that can trigger someone. So I think there's been many times I will say after sessions, I have had a good cry or or just feeling, you know, emotionally spent. It depends on what we're expressing on in, in a session. But I've definitely been able to say afterwards, I'm like, you know, that was definitely cathartic for me. And and I do believe in music being um, very, you know, important in the healing process. Um, lyric analysis is something I enjoy too. So I would definitely like mm. dissect an actual song um, and be able to use it. I've used it in groups before. I've used it in individual sessions. And I'm like, oh, wow this song really means a lot to me. And so I love to hear, like you said, with the recording process, how important emotions are, but in songwriting as well, like you get so much, you know, drive you can find through just expressing that emotion on from pen to paper. 100%. You know, I've gone through the same thing recently with when, when I'm working with an artist, I'm producing their vocal session. And so I'm in the studio with them and I'm pushing them to get the best performance out of them that I possibly can. And I recently did a recording session with an artist. I'm recording a bunch of new music now. And I have not felt that the emotion that is in the pen of the song, the lyrics, was captured on the recording. And so I'm like, everything about this is great, except there's missing something. And I can't figure it out. And I was like, oh, like it needs to be much deeper it needs to like really live in that place and so you know i i again i i don't think i think the it can be written in the fabric of the song but if it's not performed with that it doesn't reach the same heights so you know we're actually going back and we're changing some stuff and fixing it and redoing it because i think that the vocalist needs to tap into that a little bit more you know you have to really put yourself in that mindset when you're recording you're right. And it reminds me of one of my favorite artists, um, Pia Toscano. Oh, my God. I love her. I just did a song with her. She's not the one I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, well, if you can tell her I am a huge fan of hers. I, I loved her on American Idol. And I know she did a lot of background singing and performing. And her music is amazing. There's something about her voice that just it just transcends to a, a, a different era of music. And I feel like with artists, when we think of like Beyonce and those kind of artists, you know, you want to feel something in the music, but it's just something about the grit and the energy and the amazing talent that so many artists have around the world. But I love her. She's one of my favorites for sure. 100% agree with that. And, you know, it's so funny what you just said about American Idol, because I truly feel like I'm living the life I manifested. I watched Pia Toscano on American Idol back, I think it was 2011. I, I, tell me if I'm wrong, but I remember watching her and saying, I'm going to work with her one day. There's just a connection that I felt back then. And this is before I was even writing. I just said, I'm going to write, I'm going to work with her one day. And then now we did a song on the same EP that Cry For You is on called uh, James's Song. And she recorded that vocal for me. And she is, it was just an amazing opportunity to work with her. And we hit it off and we connect being like two little Italians. And uh, we, she just did a brand new song for me that I'm going to put out early next year. And I, it's like my favorite thing I've ever written. And I'm so excited about it. And she sings the hell out of it. And talk about emotion. She's like dug into herself and sang this song. I cannot wait to share it. 
Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear it. I mean, you are amazing at what you do, but just the two of y'all together, I'm just that's gonna be amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Check out check out James's song. I'm very proud of that. It's very different for what she does. Um, and it's and it's different for me too, I guess. It's literally an interesting little we we shot a music video for it as well, too. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely gonna check it out right after the end of this. I'm gonna definitely check it out and let you know what I think. Okay, great. For sure. So I have another fun question, the one that I choose. So in this one, I'm going to give you different scenarios, and I want you to choose one of the two categories. So it's kind of like this or that, if you've ever played that game before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is this a fire round? Oh, yeah, this is a fire round, yes. Okay, let's go, let's go. <laughs> All right, so the first one I have is movie theater or arcade? Ooh, movie theater. Oh, yes, I, I agree. Arcade when I was a kid, but movie theater for sure now. I, I love that. I, yeah, you know, I have a friend and we go to the arcade. We actually celebrated, I think, his 30th birthday in an arcade. And it was fun, but I like to sit. I'd rather sit and eat and luxuriate. <laughs> I just rather eat. I don't care about the movie. Eating is all I care about. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, what about a day trip versus an overnight trip? Ooh, an overnight I am not one to go someplace and then come back that evening and drive. Okay, but then I'm going to be hypocritical because I like to rent a car. I have a Zipcar account for those that don't live in Manhattan. It's very, very, very efficient. We love it. And I'll take the, the car upstate for like five hours and pick apples or whatever, get dinner out of town, and then drive back at night. And I like that. But give me a, give me a nice hotel and an early morning and – somewhere else i love that overnight i think it's, it's amazing like that's mm -hmm. that's that's an experience because then you get to really like when you go to sleep you think hey i'm in a comfortable space i feel when i wake up in the morning i can say you know that was something i experienced i, I just went to denver to see my favorite artist tori kelly who i am a huge fan ah, of. love love her lord have mercy I, I that was the best experience i ever had and i've seen her a few times but like that was the first meeting greet i did with her so I was just so excited and the overnight being in Denver and just the weather and that experience. It was great. It was one of That's the awesome. best trips I've had in a while. That's so great. Yes. Now winter versus summer, which one do you choose? Ooh, um, I hate being hot, but my birthday's in June. So we love summer for that because I always have a festive fabulous birthday in june but winter is amazing because i do an annual holiday show so every holiday every every winter i'm doing a very fun festive christmas show in new york with my friends and my amazing band so i'm gonna pick both for this okay i'm gonna choose winter because i live in louisiana and when it's summer it is hot and humid and i am not a fan of humidity but i love yep. i love snow and so we don't get it often hardly ever here but when we have, it's just like one time it actually snowed for like two weeks and people were losing their mind. They, were, they didn't even know how to drive, walk in and they were like, what do we do? And but it was just such a fun experience just being around snow. I just love the cold for sure. So win mm. winter for me, for sure. OK. All right. Next one. Ability to fly or the ability to read minds. Oh, I have really good intuition, so I'm going to say the ability to fly. I'd rather get from point A to point Z somewhere quicker. Because, listen, this subway system is not it. So if I could fly somewhere, I appreciate that. I have good intuition, so I can already tell what someone's thinking if I can read them well. 
I love that. See, you and I, we're like hitting the same things. I, I'm definitely good at discerning things with people. So like when I'm in a room with someone, it may take me less than an hour to really figure out a lot of things. And then people are like, how did you know that? They're like, are you related to Miss Cleo? Or, <laughs> or exactly. And I'm like, no. Are you a Gemini? <laughs> no, I'm actually a Scorpio. My birthday is Halloween. Oh, happy birthday. Thank okay. you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, okay. I love, love being able to kind of read people. And, and I think it's helpful, especially in my career, because it doesn't take me long to really understand what I need to work on with a client. So mm-hmm. that has been very helpful. But the worst thing is when you know someone's lying to you and you're like, I know this is not true. And I have to just kind of go with the flow. So that's hard at times. I hear that. Man. Now, the last one I have for you, sweet versus savory. Um, I actually like sweet and savory together. Okay, I'm going to let you slide with that one. <laughs> okay. um, I mean, I, I have a sweet tooth. I really like sweets. Um, but I think that I like the mix. As I'm getting older, the, the mix of the two is really like a trail mix situation hits the right spots. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I'm a big trail mix person, but I'm a huge sweets. Like, I will make cookies and cakes. Like, that to me has always been something i've enjoyed and i love like sour candies like that is something oh same yes yeah i love a sour candy actually like a swedish fish or like a gummy something is really like a like a gummy bear or a gummy worm like that always hits the spot i would tell you sour patch kids are my favorite i eat those all the time so like amazing my dentist doesn't like it but i love it Actually, I love going to the dentist. Getting my teeth cleaned is truly one of my favorite things. Uh, well, I wish I could say the same. Uh, but <laughs> I, I will go to the dentist. But it's just I have such bad experiences as a kid. So it just made it really hard as I've gotten older. But yeah, mm. I'm like, but I don't mind it. It's just not my favorite for sure. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So I have another fun question for you. So the title is Lost in Love. So what is your you're picking all the songs from my same EP, which I love. (laughs) I I need everyone to go listen to the only one. And James's song is also on this EP. You said cry for you. The one that I choose and lost in love. Same EP. And honestly, (laughs) it's like my what's my my favorite thing I've ever done so far. That's my favorite EP. It came out, I think, last year, 2021. See, I told you, like, I'm, I'm with you right there. I already knew Yes. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. So what is your definition of love, and how have you been able to show love to important people in your life? Oh, my definition of love. You know, I was in a four-year relationship, almost four years, and my definition of love changed through that relationship. I, I actually really believe that love is a sacrifice, and a selflessness. And it's also, well, our, okay, this is romantic love for me. Uh, it's a willingness to stay. Ooh, I like that. Because I feel like every day in a relationship is a choice. And if you're continuously choosing each other, which is where the one that I choose came from, um, then you are continuously folding into that person and making that choice. I don't care if it's a, a one-year relationship, a one-month relationship, a one-week relationship, or a 25-year relationship. It doesn't matter. If you are choosing that person, that is love. And then, you know, the biggest thing I've learned is that love is not enough. There has to be love, but there has to be respect. There has to be um, 
what's the word? Not, not a sacrifice, but, um, there has to be, you have to be able to, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? I to... like to say you have to be authentic in a relationship. Um, and when I say that, meaning like you have to be able to understand what you're looking for, but what you're willing to sacrifice to a certain extent as well, because I feel like when you're with someone, you, you start to grow. And as we get older, we should mature and grow in relationships. And so I always say it's about being authentic, um, being courageous, I think plays a big role for me with love. Cause I feel like it takes a lot of courage to tell someone you love them, but to show it in a way that maybe they weren't used to can be a big difference for a lot of individuals. Sure. Yeah. There also has to be the word I was trying to say was compromise. Oh yes, because yes. You have to be able to compromise because it's not all about you. But uh, you know, one plus one equals two, but one times one equals one. Mm -hmm. So, it's not a one times one situation. There we go. Oh, you need to make that into a song. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a great point. Like you said, love has many different meanings, and I think there's different forms of being selfless in a relationship and then also being aware. I think being emotionally aware is so important because you should be able to, when you've been with someone long enough to be able to read a lot of their feelings, even the nonverbal cues that they're giving you, you can say, Hey, Oh, I, I get what that means. And I think well, that helps to build. Those of us with intuition can. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Now I have a fun question for you. I want to see how you're going to answer this one. So okay. the title is Gone. So Gone, okay. If you have the opportunity to hit the replay button and spend time with one person in your life who was no longer here on this earth, who would you choose? And what is it you would like to hear them say? Do I, uh, is this person, is this someone that I had to have had met before? You can choose however you want. If it's someone you've met or if it wants to, if it's someone else you want to choose, I'll let you kind of decide what that looks like for you. My gut actually goes to my grandmother on my mother's side because um, I never met her. She passed before I was born, but she had a certain address that I see the number on the clock all the time. And every time I go to, like, I just always happen to look at my phone when it just changes to that number. It happens in the morning and it happens at night every, almost every day. And to the point where it's a thing now between my mom and my aunt and I, and I will send like a group text and my aunt will be like, look, this was made at this time. I like bought these muffins from the grocery store and it says made at, and it's that number. And it's, it's a random number. Okay. And I've gone to um, clairvoyance and psych psychics, and they've all, each of them brought up, oh, you have a woman standing over your left shoulder who's watching over you every time, every time I go. And it's like the course of my life, I've been maybe four times, every single time they've brought this woman up. And they always say, this is your grandmother, and she's proud of you for this, and she's happy your mom gave you the piano. And like, she knows so much and she's from Brooklyn. She's happier living in New York and like all of this stuff. So I would love to chat with her. Oh, wow. And I'm That's... kind of cuckoo and do talk out loud to her sometimes. I'll be alone. I'll be like, hi, grandma. When I see the number on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to try to say I know the number because I don't know the number. But if I had to guess, is it multiple? Like, is it just a single number? Is it 
you t- uh, if you can give me a hint, I want to just try to guess at a number. I don't know. <laughs> I want to keep it. I want to keep that private. Okay, no problem. We can do that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> just because I, I feel like I'm very open. I talk about so much stuff, but like this thing feels so like special that I don't want it to become a thing that people can associate know, I, with that. Yes. I, I, it's funny. I talked before about how I love gummy bears on like podcasts and interviews and like people come to my shows and bring those to me, which is like amazing. Wow. I don't want this suddenly like this number to be a thing that people start giving me gifts that have the number in it. You know what I mean? Oh, I know exactly what you mean. I Not totally to be presumptuous that. that I'm going to get gifts from people all the time, but I'm just saying that like, I just don't want this to be a thing that is like a public thing all the time. Absolutely. I respect that 100%. Thank you. Now, I do have a fun question. Now, do you like to dance? I enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is a title that says Don't Stop Dancing. So I like writing songs about people dancing, and I like an up-tempo moment, and I like bopping my butt on the piano, playing the piano to those songs. But (laughs) dancing, I'm a little – I feel like I'm a little awkward. Even though I I was a musical theater major and had to take eight hours of dance a week, Mm -hmm. I can give you a fierce-ass bop-ma. I don't know if I could swear. Sorry. I can give you a fierce bop-ma, but am I a dancer? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we got that in common, too, because that's definitely not something that I can do. But I I enjoy watching a good, like, Dancing with the Stars is one of my favorite shows, um, seen that for so many years. And so you think you can dance. I used to see that when I was younger. But I just love being able to see people just get down and have a good time. Um, But my question for this one is, if there was only one song that you could listen to on heavy rotation, that would kind of get you up and, and make you, or maybe just bopping your chair feel good. Uh, what song would you choose that you would love to listen to over and over again? Oh gosh. I don't know if it's one, I might pick an album. Ooh, um, I'll let you do that. What album were you thinking? You know what I, you know what I really love and it motivates me when I run is Billy Joel's live at Madison square garden. I think it's called actually, it's called 12 gardens live. And it's like, so many songs. I think it's almost like two and a half, three hours of music. And it's just all of his like hit up tempo songs. And he's such an inspiration to me that I love listening to that 12 Gardens live album at Madison Square Garden with like the nine piece band and like the big up tempo. I was like, it just motivates me to run all the time. Oh, that's cool. Y'all might have to so listen to that think. one. Yeah, I think he's a genius songwriter and he is such a master musician and his storytelling is just so out of this world that i am so inspired by him as a, as a storyteller oh yes i love billy joe as well i haven't heard that album but i'm a huge fan of his music and I, i'm trying to think the two songs that i love that i dance to is happy by pharrell williams i love that one and i would say mary j blige just fine i could listen to just fine all day long and never get tired of it. It's just such a fun song. And yes. and and every time I hear Mary sing, I mean, no matter if she's doing no more drama, if she's um, you know, just you know, I mean, there's so many songs I can list. I'm just not gonna go through Mary's catalog right now. But I will say that is one of my favorite songs that she's done. And so when I'm having a real rough moment, I can turn either two songs on and just have a great time. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, this next one I ask to each guest on the show. So if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Michael? Um, honestly, where I'm at right now is I am standing up for myself in so many ways that I hadn't in the past. 
So I think that I've always been someone who is like, I want to avoid confrontation and I want to just go along to get along. And I'm in this place of my life, this phase of my life now where I am really, if something doesn't rub me the right way or if someone, if something um, goes against my beliefs or hurts my feelings or does something that is against what I need, I am very good now at being vocal about it. And I'm getting better at being uncomfortable and being okay with the uncomfortability. Um, I actually had an issue with like a couple of friends recently and I talked to another friend about it and she was like, well, you can't say anything about that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to, <laughs> and she was like, wow. She's like, how are you going to say that? And I was like, well, I'm just gonna, it's, it's all about how you say it too. And I had like drafted a text and she was like, yeah, don't, don't text that. She's like, don't say that, like save it for in person. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I'm still refining how I approach something like this, but I do think talking and expressing with respect and kindness like be it's, it's you know what it is it's vulnerability it's being okay to be vulnerable and share like hey you know when you did this to me it actually really hurt my feelings yes. and so i'm getting much better at that so i would tell my younger self to always stand up for yourself and don't go along to get along i agree with that and i, I one thing i have learned to do which was a big struggle for me was using i statements and being able to say i feel i choose i want um, and I feel like there's a way that you powerful. can say it and yeah, it's powerful. It is very powerful. And I always tell people it's important for us to acknowledge our feelings, to reframe and to be able to affirm. And mm. when you're able to kind of reframe a lot of those negative thoughts and then you can affirm what you're wanting for yourself, things can shift and then you can find what happiness looks like for you. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's taken years to get to that point. I will tell you, like, I was so nervous, you know, to really stand my ground to certain people. Now, there were others I was very firm and can say how I felt, not even feel intimidated or, or feel depressed about anything I said because I knew it was coming from a genuine place on my end. But like I said, when we have certain family members or friends or people we look up to or experiences if we've gone through traumas, um, it's hard for you to really stand firm in that belief and then also know that when you do share what you're sharing, it's not to harm the other person. It's just for you to let them know that you have a voice and it, you are entitled to feel how you would like to feel. Well, that's exactly it. I recently went through something with a family member who I've been very close to my whole life and we disagreed on something. And I, that person caused a lot of harm in the family and without airing too much dirty laundry, I talked about it in therapy and my therapist was like, you know, you've repeated that this person has made you feel this way for so long and has done so much to you for your whole life. So like, what would you do for baby Michael now? And I really thought about that. And I was like, well, I do have this power to say something. And I have my own autonomy to share my thoughts and feelings, which are valid, even though they are continuously dismissed by this person. So I'm going to hold still and like hold my ground and be like, your actions make me feel this way. And I didn't say it that way. I said, I feel this way when X, Y, Z happens and how can we like fix this? So I do think it's very important to stand up for yourself. And this person did not like that. And is we're like, yeah, we're having a moment right now. We've been having a moment for the better half of this year, actually. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I feel fantastic about it. I feel great because I'm like, I stood up for myself and otherwise I would be very, I would be carrying this around and then that's not healthy. 
Yes. I, I think so. there's power in your purpose. And, and when, when, yes. you, when you say how you feel and you reaffirm, like I said, what that individual, the reasoning and why you're saying it. I always say when, I, when I'm very direct with someone, I have no issue with explaining in detail the reason why I'm feeling. Or I can mm-hmm. be, you know, concise. If you want to be short and concise with you on what's going on, I can do that as well. But I feel like if I believe in what I'm saying, then I shouldn't have a fear in expressing it. And so that's, that's right. important. That's very well said. And the thing is, if they have a problem with it, then that's on them. That's not you. Mm-hmm. As long as you're sharing how you're feeling authentically and being respectful. I I, I could very easily... Uh, I, I could I had the ammunition and the reasons to not be respectful after what happened, but I made sure that everything I said was tied neatly in a bow and was very respectful and kind and came out of a place of genuine respect. Because yes. this person is my elder, you know, and and uh I was proud of it and like I whatever. It it speaks more about the other person than than yourself. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. Well, I'm very proud of you, first of all, for sharing that with your counselor being able to talk through it being able to go to the person directly and express your concern and the great thing about it is now that it's off of you that's not a a weight you have to carry anymore and one of my favorite quotes is um if i carry the bricks from my past i build the same house and Mm. and i've used that quote for many years and i remind myself that i'm choosing different bricks to create a strong foundation and create the house that I would like to live in and see. And I don't have to carry past bricks that cause me hurt that I know when a storm comes, which can be whatever negative things we're going through in life, those no's we're told, the, if it's mental illness someone's struggling with, if it's physical ailments, if it's what we're seeing around the world right now, there's a lot of things that we're, we have no control of. But when a storm comes, if we have it on a steady foundation, it won't falter the way it wants may may have in the past we just know how to build differently we have stronger or we use different tools to be able to create something that we can be proud of we can be grateful for and that can hopefully stand the test of time and that's what your music to me um means a lot i've had an opportunity to listen to you and i've i was like this is something that's authentic authentic to me um one of my favorite composers was jim brickman i used to listen to him as a kid oh my gosh I love we Jim just, Brickman. We just we're, we just read something together. Really? Yes. He reached out to me and was like, "I want to work with you." And I was like, "I am dead. Like, how do you even know who I am?" Oh yeah, my we, god. Yes. Can I tell you a yeah. quick story about him before we end um, toward the end of this this podcast? Sure. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you how emotional I get when I talk about Jim Brickman. Um, I actually, my grandfather passed away my senior year of high school. And I used to listen to Jim Brickman all the time. Like I had every album, um, anything that Jim Brickman was doing, I had. And I would never forget right before my grandfather passed in February of 2003, I was literally sitting there with this. I had like a slide presentation I was creating my family and I was using his music as the backdrop. And I was like, you know, this is during the time where, you know, of course, people learn about Excel and PowerPoint and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I really love this man's music and I would love to create something, you know, just to honor my family. And I had no idea that what I was doing was using his music. And that was what I used after my grandfather passed. 
And I didn't know that it was going to have that impact on me. And I mean, when I tell you I have like DVDs when Jim Brickman was performing at Disney World, I have stuff like I, I was literally playing his music all the time. I used to cry to, to sleep listening to it because it was just really tough when I was a teen going through those challenges. And he was one person, I will say, out of any artist I've ever had the opportunity to listen to that had a huge shift in my life. And then I got to the point where I could listen to it and I didn't fall apart it was actually a positive for me. So I hope he hears this one day, but I just want him to know how he really helped change my life. Um, being a scared teen, going through a lot of challenges, and he really reshaped who I was. I think out of any artist, he, he was definitely in the top three that really helped me in my worst moment. So I, I really loved him. That's beautiful. Wow, that's amazing. I'm happy you had you had him to, to turn to. I, I I was very grateful, you know. I'm telling you, like, Jim Brickman, uh, and then I remember he had this song where I think it was Martina McBride, if I remember correctly. I have to go back, and, and I hadn't heard that album in a while, but he had a lot of duets on it. I remember one of them, I See the Moon, The Moon Sees Me. I remember those lyrics to one of the songs. Oh, my God, it was, I have to go back and listen, but it was years ago. But I used to follow him on Instagram on my old account. Now I have a new account. I'm going to have to go and, See if I can find him on there and follow him again, because he was definitely um, someone who just made me smile from the inside. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So I have two more questions for you. This is where hopefully our listeners will be able to definitely follow you and learn more about where they can follow your music as well. So the first question is, do you mind telling our listeners where can they find you online? And the second part of that question, do you mind letting us know what's next for you? If there's any concerts, any new music that we can follow and support you? Sure. Yes. So um, I have a website, michaelmott.net, where everything you need to know about me and more is there. But the main hub that I'm primarily the most active on and my day-to-day really is there is Instagram. It's Michael underscore Mott, M-O-T-T. And coming up, I actually, I, so I, like I mentioned earlier, I do an annual holiday show at the green room 42 in New York city and we live stream it. So anyone can watch from anywhere in the world and tickets are like $19. And this show this year, this is our fourth annual show. I'm doing, I think, six or seven brand new songs for the first time ever. I have an amazing nine-piece band. And we have some amazing guests this year. Antonio Cipriano from Broadway's Jagged Little Pill and Disney's National Treasure. He is a superstar and I adore him. Uh, Anne Frazier Thomas, who is Broadway girl. She's currently in Titanic, and she is hilarious in that show. Diana Huey, who is another amazing female Broadway superstar, and people would know her from The Little Mermaid and Elf. And I have a 10-minute a, a musical short film that I wrote, and she was the star of that film called Riding Out the Storm. So she'll, she'll be in my concert. And then Blaine Krause, who we mentioned earlier, he sings Cry For You for me, and he was in Hamilton. He is the guest. And the last one is The Boy Band Project. So I write, um, you mentioned this actually in the intro, but I write um, original songs for this group that tours the country, actually tours the world now. And they're like a 
they're like a boy band tribute band. That's how they started, but they've turned into their own thing. And they're so funny. They're so tongue in cheek and they sing like nineties boy band songs. And then I write their tongue in cheek original material. So I have a song called jingle my bells, which ha 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 I wrote for them. <laughs> and that's the song that won um, best, best song award from the Broadway world uh, awards in 2020. I think it was. And so they're, they're my guests. So this bit concert is like something I start working on in June of each year. And it's always a huge festive fun moment. And I'm joined by an amazing group. So tickets for that are at michaelmott.net or on my Instagram. It's on December 2nd in New York City and live stream tickets are out. Well, I'm excited for you. I'm definitely going to make sure I make my purchase so that I can support. Um, yes, please. Absolutely. And I, I think it's important. One thing about me is I'm a person of my word. If I say I'm going to support and help and, and be there for others, I just think it's important we have to do that um, because in this industry, we never know who you're going to run across. And I think it's important to be able to uplift people. There's room at the table for everyone. And I feel like when we start doing more of that, we can start to see more connectedness in our communities. And then we can also start to help to show young kids, you know, what it's like to see support and have people who are backing you and giving you that platform to shine bright and to be who you are. And so I think that's what your music has is hopefully going to be able to do in the next 20, 30 years. People will be able to look back the same way I had such a fond memory about Jim Berkman. I want people to have the same memories about you and being able to go back and admire your craft, but also to be able to continue to support and stream your music because it is amazing. I really appreciate that. And I love that you, what you said, because that is that is my mission statement to inspire and to heal. And like, listen, I am a I am a someone who feels my feelings and I feel like at the core of me there's there was always like a lot of like sadness and I have an album called Abandoned Heart that's about that but you listen to the album and it's fun feel good positive uplifting vibes but I felt like the theme as I listened through that whole album was there's such a longing underneath that and I think for me that kind of describes who I am I do have this like under tone as I've been getting to know myself more I do have this like undertone of like huh sadness that through therapy has actually faded away a lot to be honest but I am always about trying to make people feel good and positive and I didn't even realize that until I went back and started listening through a lot of my catalog and noticed like there's so many fun up-tempo stuff that has an element of sadness underneath it even the ballads have sadness but then there's hopefulness so I say all that to say, I appreciate you saying what you did because that is my goal. And I do hope people feel that when they listen to my stuff and I'm, and I'm very touched that it has moved you in that way. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, I would love to have you back in the near future. If you ever want to come back next year or share something new or just need me to promote or push something that you're doing a project or being able to inspire our youth. And I want to be a part of whatever I can to continue to, to see your legacy build and, that way I can be able to support you in this process. So just reach out to me if you ever need me and I would love to, to be a support. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for this platform. Oh, thank you so much. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, I thank you so much, Michael, for being here on the show and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you, you as well. All right, have a great bye. Day. You too. Oh yeah, yeah.